Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into Stacking the Box, Matt Verderam, Jeff Schwartz, and yours truly, Mark Carmen. It's week nine of the NFL season, and we're going to talk NFL mid-season awards. NFL host and analyst Benjamin Albright will join us. We'll do where to place your bets, and please subscribe, like, give a rating, tell a friend about Stacking the Box, which comes out every Tuesday afternoon. Stacking the Box, week nine, starts right now. Before we get into the 49ers and the Patriots, two undefeated teams in the NFL, gentlemen, just want to get your thoughts on what's going on in Chicago. The Bears, many had them in the Super Bowl. Now it's highly unlikely they're going to make the playoffs, and Matt Nagy can't figure out that with about 45 seconds to go and you have a timeout, getting closer to the end zone is a good idea before you kick a field goal. And then he goes, Jeff, you the four former offensive lineman saying, you know, if we run the ball, we probably lose four yards. Meanwhile, the best thing they did all day was run the football. And yet for some reason, Matt Nagy thinks if the Los Angeles Chargers, who can't guard anybody, missing three defensive linemen, can't stop anything, if they know somehow the Bears aren't going to do anything, uh, won't be able to run the ball, which is an insult to the offensive line, which is an insult to the running back, and basically everyone. So I, 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 I would like some thoughts here as to what the hell Matt Nagy's doing in Chicago. <laughs> well, I, for one, picked the Bears to not make the playoffs. So I feel like I am on the right path here because of, of, of Trubisky. I did not trust him. The end-of-the-game situation feels so much like uh, an indictment on Trubisky, right? So let's take out the running the football. The things Matt Nagy mentioned were fumbling the football, which I'm assuming he meant center quarterback exchange because how often do running backs fumble the situations? Almost never. And then interception, which, which you talked about as well, and taking a sack. All those things are all on Trubisky, right? They didn't even have like, hey, let's just throw the ball up to a wide receiver running a go route. Hopefully we get something or we show throw a back shoulder fade. How often are those intercepted, right? How often is a running back fumbling or quarterback exchange getting two or three yards moving up a little bit? It feels like he was selling for a field goal because he did not trust his offensive unit to go ahead and win that game. The Chargers had, what, 11 first down on 230 yards? The Bears lost that game? That's pathetic. And to me, it all falls down on not just Trubisky. But lastly, too, let's not forget, the kicker's got to make the dang kick. It's right. Like It was, a, it was an NFL kicker. Make the kick. Yeah, look, I, I'll, I'll say, first of all, I'm pissed because I have never had a perfect week of picking games in the NFL. <laughs> If Eddie Panero makes that kick, I'm 15-0 and 0 last week, okay? I was feeling real good, and Eddie Panero went and just screwed me. So I'd like to say that off the jump. Secondly, as Jeff said, and there's no other way around this, look, this is a, everything about this season is an indictment on Trubisky. Okay, Matt Nagy didn't forget how to coach a football team. You could argue about, and I agree with you, Carm, that the fact that they took a knee there was ludicrous. But this is all about, he can sit there all day and half the night at the pressers and say, I believe in Mitch. He's my guy. They don't believe in him. No, they don't. They don't believe one damn in him. If they did, they'd throw the ball more. They'd be more aggressive in their play calling. Look, never believe what a coach says on Wednesdays and on Fridays. Believe what he says in his play calling on Sundays. And when you watch the Bears, they couldn't be more terrified of Trubisky. Everything they do is to mitigate his impact on the game. And in the fourth quarter, all he had to do was not be a disaster. He throws a brutal pick. They get bailed out because the Chargers can't hit a field goal. What else is new? And then, without even getting hit, 
He fumbles the ball at his own 25-yard line, and that ends up being the difference. So to me, look, Nagy's not been great this year. The kicker's got to hit those kicks. He missed two, not just one. He missed two. But Trubisky's the reason they're losing these games. He is a mess. And for everybody in Chicago, it's like, why can't they run the ball consistently? Well, how the hell could they? Everybody's going to put eight in the box and just make Trubisky beat them. But they they did run it successfully on Sunday. Sure, and, and, but more it, often it, yes. than not, they're never going right. to. They're not going to be able to consistently right. do that. Right, they're never going to be able to. Well, it's interesting times in Chicago for sure, and we'll see if the Bears do make a move with their quarterback in the offseason. A lot of interesting names out there, none that are super sexy. But I would take old man Philip Rivers in Chicago. I would I would be shocked if Trubisky's the quarterback week oh, one next they, year. A lot invested. I, I, I would probably agree with you. But, okay, hey, let's move on from uh, I think the Bears are arguably the most disappointing team in the NFL to the most surprising, and that is the undefeated 7-0 and San Francisco 49ers routing Carolina. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you here. How good is this San Francisco team in your mind as they continue to impress? They're, they're legit, um, and I think what's showing now... How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. How is the offensive superiority, the mind of Kyle Shanahan? I'm going through the film. I watched a bunch this morning. Multiple screens, right? Tons of screens. They're running tight end screens, dump screens, running back screens. They're finding big windows and play action. They're running trap and counter, and they're running that cool little underneath tackle trap play for a touchdown, right? Offense out of this world. But defensively, oh, boy, they are special on defense, right? What what Bosa's doing, what Armstead, what D Ford, what the secondary. I think the secondary is the most improved unit in all of football from last year to this year. This is a legit team. The Panthers are a fringe playoff team. They're off a bye, too. And they made them look like an 0-16 team on Sunday. I think the Niners are for real legit. They kicked the shit out of the Niners. I mean, the the, uh, the Panthers, that's what good teams do. They kick the shit out of teams that aren't as good as them. So I'm all in on the 49ers. Look, San Francisco, to me, I've slowly been buying in throughout the year. I've been in on the defense. The offense, as you mentioned, Shanahan, we know he's a really, really good play caller. Might be the best in the NFL. My question with them is still the same question. It's Garoppolo and what that's going to look like when they play Wilson and Breeze and Rodgers in playoff games because that's my concern. Garoppolo still, there's a little bit of almost like a sheltered nature to him. And and I worry about him in a a game, and they're going to eventually get in a one, every team does, where he's going to have to throw the football, where they're going to have to make plays through the air and win on third and nine. That's my concern because I don't have any other concerns. They run the ball really effectively. The line is banged up. It should only get better, and it's already pretty good. Robert Salah, the defensive coordinator there, he's going to be a head coach candidate and a very good one at the end of this year. So, look, I agree with you. Bosa has been – to me, he might be the defensive player of the year. We'll get to some of these award categories later, but he's been unbelievable. So and, and Richard Sherman, you may say he's not the guy who was five, six years ago, but Richard Sherman is still a very good corner, and his attitude, his experience, I think has really helped to transform that secondary. So I think the Niners are every bit as good as the Saints and the Packers, with the only little caveat being those teams are better at quarterback. And yeah. I wonder how much that matters when we get into January. Well, I, I think it is going to matter, and it's a very fair point, and you do always have to start with the quarterback, but uh they do have a pretty good one in New England, even though he's he's getting up there now. But, hey, Bill Belichick says he's going to coach into his 70s. I'd say he's going to probably coach until his 80s. What the hell else is he going to do? Uh, huge game this week for the Patriots, Matt Furman. We'll start with you here. Uh, they are on the road. They're at Baltimore. The Ravens have been a great surprise this year. We're going to talk about coaches of the year. John Harbaugh certainly is in the, in the yeah. picture there. And, uh, hey, uh, we'll see what Lamar Jackson can do against this uh, Patriots defense. But do, do the Patriots remain unbeaten? And when you compare New England to San Francisco, let's throw that in there right now. It seems to me that you like New England more, but that's a kind of an interesting conversation. I, I do. I do like New England more because I just I, the quarterback and coach combination is the greatest in NFL history. And right now in the NFL, that, that's what this is about. So, yeah, I do. Um, I think the Pats will win this game because they're great at taking away your greatest strength. They are not going to let Lamar Jackson run in this game. You can mark my words, lock it down 100%. He is not running the football for significant yardage in this game. They are going to keep him in the pocket. My guess is they're going to basically say, we're not rushing the quarterback. We're going to play contain. We're going to, I don't care if he sits in the pocket for six seconds. He's going to have to beat us throwing the ball against those corners, and he can't do it. 
I think that's how the Pats win the game. I think they will be challenged a little more than they've been in recent weeks, but that's not saying a lot. They've played nobody all year long. So I do think that that is probably the formula you're going to see. Look, to me, New England right now is clearly the best team in the AFC, yeah. uh, and, and I, I think they'll remain that way uh, going forward for a while. I think we're going to have a lot of a lot of Lamar Jackson, Ravens offense fanboys come back to earth after Sunday night because I think to your point, Matt, we're going to see the Patriots defense. I promise you, has been preparing for this game for five months now, knowing that they're the, this hot up and coming offense and whatnot. I'm sure Belichick has studied this offense. They're not a complicated offense. They do a lot in the backfield, but they tend to run to the right. They pull to the right a bunch. The tendencies are there. You mentioned. There's no pass game, right? They're not worried about the pass game. The question is, can the Patriots, who look, their defensive line, they don't have a lot of dudes. They have just kind of average guys, but they play well together. The Ravens' offensive line's not bad, so maybe they, they, they move the ball a little bit. But to your point, Matt, they're not going to score points. And the Ravens' defense had their best game against Seattle. The Patriots kind of got going as that game went along on uh, on uh, on uh, on Sunday. So will get back in things. And look, they might make a trade today at some point, too, right, to get another wide receiver, get a tight end. Um, I think New England goes in there, and they pound the Ravens. Do you think they'll cover zero blitz them a lot? Because uh, no. they can certainly match up, but I think if you blitz and Jackson gets out, it's a huge problem. Correct. I, and this is what New England does really well, right, is they decide, hey, this week we're going to zero blitz. They didn't zero blitz as much against the Browns because you have Odell and you yep. have Jarvis. Right? You don't yep. want to do that as much. I think your point, they're going to sit back in zone. They're going to two-gap those offensive linemen and try to create issues with double teams, and they're going to scrape linebackers over the top and get and get Lamar Jackson. I can see them bringing corners sometimes in run support as well, knowing that you'll have to worry very much about getting beat deep. Uh, I know Brown can do that, but again, um, I, I just I when you're one dimensional and facing New England, you're done. You have this. You always have, and so I think this continues again this weekend. So a lot of people talking about whether or not that defense is legendary. Just a reminder that uh, they haven't played anyone. Pittsburgh, Miami, the Doesn't Jets. It, 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 they, they, all, all those teams that they have held under z- zero three points. They're, what, what are you saying? It doesn't, doesn't matter? matter? doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I, I think when you look at what they're doing right now, I know that they haven't played anybody, so they're going to have games where they play the- they're going to have some of these teams later that have uh, you know, the, the, the Texans, for example. Right? But DVOA has them historically number one ever through eight weeks. That schedule adjusted as well. Here's why I'm telling you. Look, the Bills, we agree, right? Good defense, right? Yes. 31 points to the Eagles. The, 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 the Patriots aren't allowing anything. They're not allowing, like, late touchdowns. They're not allowing BS touchdowns. They're allowing nothing. No. Nothing. See, nothing. I, I, I agree for the most part. Here's my thing with New England. My, I think defensively they're, they're great, and they're going to continue to be great. But we all know – eventually here, who knows? Maybe it doesn't even come to the playoffs. There's going to be a game where they're not going to win the turnover battle. And it might right. even it might be even. What, but they're right. I mean, look, Cleveland on Sunday, you want to talk about pissing down your leg? I mean, that was just an all-time – I mean, that game was over 10 minutes in because right. of three just ridiculous turnovers in that game. Now, right. whether it's Houston or Kansas City or, or Dallas or Phil, whoever it may be, there's going to come a game where they don't win the turnover battle – that offense to me is a much bigger question. They do not. Yeah. They are not playing well offensively. And I, I get it. They're the Pats, and you figure they'll, they'll end up figuring out something. But I could see them losing a game twenty-four to twenty because the offense just—they can't run the ball. They cannot run. They are averaging well, like three and a half yards a carry. Let, let's 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 move on to our midseason awards. We'll continue to dissect the Patriots. I think for. Uh, the rest of time, certainly the rest of this year, is they're going to be in the conversation until Super Bowl Sunday, I would imagine. Let's uh, let we are in Week Nine, so it's midseason award time, and we're going to start with the Coach of the Year. And gentlemen, we got a lot of candidates here. You can look at New Orleans, you can look in Indy, you can look in Baltimore. Jeff, we start with you. Who are you going right now for your midseason NFL Coach of the Year? Uh, Sean Payton. I know it might be easy, and you want to go with Frank Reich. You want to go with with uh, John Harbaugh, they won five games with a backup quarterback. Five games against good quality opponents, some of those on the road as well. They went to Seattle and won a game. I, I know the Bears aren't playing very well right now, but they went to Chicago and won a football game. They beat the Cowboys at home. They played absolutely fantastic football 
with a backup quarterback who, mind you, Teddy Bridgewater is good, right? But he hasn't really played in the last three years. And the defense has gotten better without Kamara, by the way, without cooking some of these games. He deserves all the credit in the world. Everyone thought they'd lose all these games, right? Three and three, maybe. If Drew missed six, I think he missed five games. Sean Payne here as my coach of the year so far. All right, so I know we got a lot of these. I'll be brief. My, and I like that pick. Mine's Frank Reich in Indianapolis. To me, they, they lost Andrew Luck a couple weeks before the year started. That thing looked like it was in chaos. And let's be real. I like the Colts. I respect them. That team's not that talented. They're, they're a good team. They're fine. They've beaten Kansas City. They've beaten Houston. I think in the playoffs, it becomes much harder for Reich because I just don't think Brissett's going to win you games in January. But... I give him a lot of credit. That team's probably going to win that division, and and I I don't think a lot of people thought that'd be the case after Luck went down or you know retired. Fair enough. Let's move on to our defensive rookie of the year. He's already been mentioned on the show once. Yeah. I think it's hard to go away from Nick Bosa here, but there are some other candidates out there. No, there aren't. Okay, Varence. No, I, this is easy. We don't even have to spend more than ten seconds on this. Nick <laughs> Bosa is the run away answer for for yeah. defensive rookie of the year. Can I say something real quick about? Uh, uh, about the Colts because I don't, I want to ruin I don't want to ruin anyone's parade. I looked it up this morning. They're 22nd and 23rd, 22nd for both. I'm a- How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. Sure, offensive defense yards per play. They are not really good football team right now. They're winning football games, which is important to obviously do, but they're not a good team. I, I don't. I, I know that we talk about wins and loss all the time, and that should be the ultimate goal, obviously, because that's yeah. how you you, 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 you you make the playoffs. But like, they're not that good. They've won all one possession games. Like, I, I I I commend them for the way they play with Brissett in the game. I think he's done a great job. I thought they went over seven and a half games, which is the total drop down to. But they're not a great team. Like people think the Colts are going to go into New England as the one team that can beat, you know, that they, they can beat the uh, the Patriots in the playoffs. Get out of here! They lose like you lose like in, in in January. Like I just think that the Colts are playing well, but the, the numbers do not show whatsoever that they're a good football team. For just for a sleeper, as we wrap up here on the defensive rookie, there Devin Bush is doing a great job. The first round pick out of Michigan for the right. Pittsburgh Steelers. He's played very well. So uh, extremely consistent, and uh, he's that, been terrific. He has no shot, no shot, <laughs> okay. like zero. All right, just want to throw that name out there. People get hurt in the NFL. That's just a name to you know pay attention to. We'll see if, if, if Nick makes it to the end of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Let's go to the exciting side of the football. And are we sticking in Arizona with Kyler Murray, or do you want to go somewhere else, Jeff Schwartz? I think Kyler Murray is the guy. I've been impressed uh, with this offense. I didn't think it'd be as good as it has. Now look. They took advantage of the previous three weeks of really bad defenses, and they came back to earth against the Saints, who obviously are an outstanding defense. But I think he's still the, the rookie of the year. I think as the year goes on, it'll become obvious that he should win this award. Uh, by the way, and I know when the, a lot of people listen to this, the trade deadline will be over, but uh, the New York Daily News reporting the Jets are trying to trade Le'Veon Bell for the deadline. That is just fantastic. Um, all what right, a terrible signing, which, oh which everyone could have called. Just Everyone did call. It just, oh, my God, jeez, that team. Just contract them. Um, in any event, all right, so look, offensive rookie of the year, uh, I'll go with Gardner Minshew. I think he's played really well. He's kept them afloat. Look, he's a sixth-round rookie quarterback. There's not – you know, you could say Josh Jacobs if you wanted to go that route with the Raiders. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, I, I, I get that. It's, that's not a bad argument. I like Minshew, though. I think he's played really well. And look, he's played really well on a team that does not have any big-time weapons. Like, he is – Right. He has done a lot with a little in Jackson. It's not like he's in Kansas City where he's throwing to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and he's got a he's got Andy Reid as a head coach. I think Minshew's been really impressive this year. All right, but what happens? But what happens when they bench him? That's the question. Foles. Like when Foles comes back, assuming he does, then what? Right. And if Foles takes over that job, then I change it to Jacobs. But uh, I think Minshew's done a hell of a job. Why are you benching Gardner Minshew, Jeff? Don't you want to keep that guy and trade Nick Foles? Eighty-eight million bucks. No one's paying Nick Foles that money. He's not even healthy. Don't, Mark. I know you're a Bears fan. You hope that Nick Foles is gonna is gonna fly over to to the Bears and yeah. save your season. Yeah, it didn't happen. He didn't mean traded. He's not healthy. Well, we you'll be healthy in week twelve, week thirteen. The Bears defense keeps him in there. I, I, Chase no, 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 no. I I can actually tell you. I tweeted this this morning. 
per source, Jacksonville has no inclination to trade Nick they Foles. Don't. They have no inclination to even be busy at the trade deadline, period. That obviously includes Nick Foles. So my sources tell me they, they are not going to be involved in any trades at the deadline, let alone trade Nick All Foles. right, the Bears, then we'll, let's trade for Gardner. Let's go. Let's see if you yeah, don't that, want. That's not happening. Yeah, I, 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 the Bears are going. This season's over. Uh, yeah, it's, it's over. This is, I, I like to dream. I like to keep things above water here. Uh, I like to hope. I like to live my life that way. Let's move on to the Defensive Player of the Year. Thank you for the reality check from both of you gentlemen. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. Uh, are we looking in Cleveland? Are we looking at the Rams? Matt Verderam, who do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm again going to say it's Nick Bosa. I don't care. Wow. That he's, he's been the best defensive player in the league this year. I, don't, I, I know people say he's a rookie. You can't win that award. That, that's BS. Well, like, Donald's, Donald's unbelievable. Khalil Mack, incredible. Like, Mack's not having a great year by his standards. Yeah, no. Donald, by his standards, is having a good year, but he's not having that year he had last year where you thought he might win the NFL MVP. Yeah. To me, Nick Bosa is the best defensive player in football yep. right now. He is, flat out. I, I put Nick Bosa down on my list as well. I, I don't know how you argue, especially after last weekend, right? This is a war that happens right now. Maybe Aaron Donald comes on strong or someone else takes sure. that spot, but right now, it's, it's Bosa. I mean... I don't still think he'll win the award. I think your guys' point is that it, maybe he deserves it. I think it's fair, but the voters are not. It's it's well, so this unlikely. About who's going to win the award? It's who we think is deserving of the award, right? Right. right. Who do you have, Carm? I, I mean, I think that Aaron Donald is going to win the award. I think I think most people who cover the sport are going to vote for Aaron Donald. They're, that's how that's how the that's how writers work. They 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 go with who they know the best, and I, I don't think everybody at to this point is paying super close attention to San Francisco and if, are even as aware of what Nick Bosa is doing out there. That's By the way, uh, on the Le'Veon Bell thing, uh, Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News says keep an eye on the Texans, the Bills, and the Chiefs with Le'Veon Bell. That oh would be God, me. the Chiefs? Why? I know, I know what I it, it, want. Me. Every offensive Jeff, player. I'll have uh, I'll have quite a column if that happens. Well, like go get a freaking. Go play defense. Go, go stop anybody. Oh God. Uh, it's it's a it's fun. It's fun time. Let's do offensive player of the year. Who's going with Saquon? Who who wants to uh, perhaps look? Uh, even though he's hurt, Patrick Mahomes. Anybody want to fly up to Sean Watson? Offensive player of the year. The offensive player of the Christian year. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the best player in the league offensively right now. I, I, I he's not going to win the MVP because he's not a quarterback. But offensive player of the year. The guy might set a record from scrimmage. I right, give me Christian McCaffrey. Um, the answer is Lamar Jackson. As much as I don't like the Ravens' offense, as much as I do not think this offense is sustainable, as much as I'm a hater of the Ray, the Ray MVP, right? Most valuable player on offense it is Lamar Jackson. He is their offense. So that this is who it is. It's Lamar Jackson. I like it. That's who I would vote for. The guy's been unbelievable. We'll see what he does Sunday night versus the Patriots. Let's uh, look. Let's look ahead, team, to the playoffs, and we'll start on the NFC. Who will play in the NFC title game? You got Green Bay, and I think the Saints are your one and two. But of course, San Francisco's right there. Jeff, who do you got? I have NFC Saints Niners. I do worry about the Packers' offense a little. I mean, defense a little bit. Their offense, too, at times will stall out. Right? We saw against the Chiefs, really. Aaron Rodgers made some amazing outside-of-the-play type of plays that he always makes. That, to me, is hard to rely on in the playoffs so much. So the Saints, great on defense. Offensively, they'll get some of, some of the pieces back. They have the best offensive line of football right now. The 49ers, I think, are real. We'll see more. I think they go to Seattle pretty soon. We'll see a little bit more. I think they're real. I think when you have a pass rush like they do, yep. that will translate against better teams. Look, they're not going to always win every game 51-13, to 13, but those, to me, seem like – the uh, the two teams that will end up getting this. I will say New Orleans as well. I will take the Packers. I, I'm just all – I'm about the quarterbacks. And to me, those are the two best quarterbacks. I think Dallas is a sleeper in there because Dallas is really talented. And defensively, look, they can play with anybody. It's just my, I, I just don't have any faith in the coaching. The coaching scares, the coaching scares the hell out of me. I just – I can't – I cannot go with Jason Garrett in these games. Like Shanahan's a much better coach. LaFleur's been better this year. Peyton we know is much better. So, I, yeah. I I will take New Orleans and Green Bay. I think New Orleans right now is the best team in football, period. Watch out for the sleeper, the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins and company. They're on the same page up there. That it's defense, fair. That, they're, they're in the mix. They're, they, they definitely are in that mix. All right, let's go AFC title game. I, I'm assuming I'm going to get New England and Kansas City from you guys, but maybe we'll go somewhere else here. Matt Verderham, start it off. Yeah, you're going to get New England and Kansas City. 
And then you know what? And I'm going to preface this by saying, I think Kansas is going to lose to Minnesota and be five and four, yes. and there's going to be a full-on panic. And then I think they're going to lose one regular season game the rest of the year, because after that, it's the Titans, the Chargers twice, the Raiders at the home, Raiders. the Broncos at home, the Bears. Like, I, I think they're going to go to five and four. It's going to be DefCon one at Arrowhead, and then Mahomes is going to come back. And as long as they're healthy, look. The one thing that was in that Sunday night game that I found interesting. Look, forget the offense because the offense will be fine as long as Mahomes is back. They'll get Fisher back maybe this week. Defensively, their linebackers are a complete catastrophe in coverage. The Chiefs are actually playing better defensively. They're they're at least respectable against the run. The corners have held up okay. Their problem is the linebackers are like the three of us trying to cover somebody. So that's the issue. And by the way, in the AFC title game, James White will have 20 targets in that game. But I think I think I still think look Kansas City even if they're the three seed, if they've got to go to Indianapolis or Houston with Watt now being out for the year, I still think Kansas City as long as it's healthy is gonna is gonna beat the brakes off either one of those two teams in a yeah. playoff game. The only caveat I give here is that the Chiefs somehow end up the four seed. They have to go to New England in the right. divisional round. Right. Obviously, changes my opinion on this game. But I mean, I, I mean, looking around the NFL, like who in the AFC? I mean, you're struggling to get six teams in, right? I mean, the Bills are probably in as a wild card. Yep. Oh, wait, Kansas City is a four seed, let's say, playing Buffalo week one at Arrowhead. Yes, please. I'll take that game, right? I mean, anytime. So I think that you're ending with, at some point, the Chiefs are going to New England. Uh, but again, I don't think they win that game, but I'd love to see it again. Even if the game's in a divisional round, that's the AFC championship game. Can I get, like that, right. that, like whoever wins that game, and look, I, I agree, by the way, for the record, New England, to me, would probably win that game. The only thing I'll say about that, Kansas City, to me, is the only team that could go up there and maybe would yes. simply because Mahomes could just have a game where he goes yeah. berserk and they win, you know, 31-28, and, something like that. And, and I will say one last thing. You know, the Week 14 game they play is really interesting. I think that – I'm going to write about this a bunch. I'll push our talk on this podcast. I think Belichick will use that game as a fishing expedition. He'll try things in that game to see what he can kind of get away with. They might The pitchers might lose that game in Week 14 – Honestly, we'll have no bearing in my opinion oh, on how that game goes in, in the playoffs. I think it's going to be really interesting because the Chiefs could go win that game, let's say, and the media is going to freak out. Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl. Like I think that game to me, I'm really looking forward to watching that chess match between Belichick, seeing if he just does some weird stuff to mess with the Chiefs. Because look, Andy Reid's a fabulous coach. Belichick is a little better overall, right? Yep. We agree on that. Like, clock management, things like that. So I'm just really looking forward to that game. I know it's many weeks away, but it's going to be so much fun. 30 <laughs> seconds each. Give me your Super Bowl predictions. Go ahead, Jeff. I took Pats Cowboys. I know I just took the the Niners and Saints. I think it's end up being Pats and the Saints. Uh, looking forward to that game. Pats win. I, I will. I I went Chiefs Eagles before the year. I'll stick with half it. I'll stick with Kansas City as long as they get healthy. I think they've got a shot. I'll I'll go with New Orleans though. I think New Orleans is the best team in the NFL. I think the NFL period. Um, like I I think the Pats are the best team in the AFC. But I could see the Chiefs if they're healthy winning the game. So I'll stick with my. Preseason prediction on the AFC side. All right. I like the Saints to get in there, and I will take the New England Patriots. That seems fair enough. That's just the way you got to do it. All right. So we want to welcome in Benjamin Albright here to Stack in the Box. Fun fact with Ben, he was the first guest we ever had on this podcast. At the time, he said, well, if I don't kill it, then we've succeeded. Well, here we are, 100 and some odd episodes later. Ben, you didn't kill it, so congratulations on that. Uh, I want to ask you right off the bat. Look, you're based out of Denver. You're a league insider, but you're closest, of course, to the team right down the road. Joe Flacco might be going on IR, got the neck issue. A lot of people are saying that that's not true, that it's really he's getting benched because what happened with Fangio. I'm curious your perspective. You're right there. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Well, it, it, the truth, uh, like anything, is, is usually a mixture of both. I, I think right now, as it stands, he's probably played his last down as a Denver Bronco, uh, but he's definitely injured. He has a, he's had a pinched nerve in his neck for, for two and a half weeks, and he's got a herniated disc as well. Um, so he, he's definitely hurt. Um, I, I also don't think Joe Flacco is the kind of guy who would just go along with like a fake injury as punishment kind of thing. Like he would be vocal about it. Um, so, I, you know, the conspiracy is fun, but I, I don't think that's it. As far as him not being back next year, now that may have something to do with it. Um, I know John Elway is not happy with Joe Flacco. Joe won't throw the ball down the field, and that's the whole reason he was brought in here. Uh, and they've had guys get open down the field. Uh, I can show you some clips even against the Kansas City game. you got wide-open guys streaking down the middle of the field, and Joe Flacco dumps it down. Um, 
that you know john elway privately said to uh and i say privately i happen to know about this conversation but he said to some people you know if i'd wanted to keep case keenum i could have just kept case keenum yeah so you know my whole thing with this flacco injury and and i believe it's real but it feels like they could have waited till like friday to rule him out right i mean maybe his neck gets better throughout the week it just felt like these comments were taken by fangio as, as a big negative you know people inside that building how did he react to hearing his quarterback call him out like that um, you know, Scangarello is a, a classy dude, man. He's not going to give a public reaction as far as that kind of stuff goes. I imagine privately he's a little stung. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's pretty obvious if you, if you've been around football, it's pretty obvious what Scangarello's doing. He's trying to protect his offense. You know, he has tackles that can't block a quarterback that has no mobility whatsoever. Wide receivers can't get down the field. So why you, why you want to dial up vertical plays? Um, so it's, you know, as, as far as that aspect of it goes, Gangarello's never going to say publicly that, you know, that he's upset that, that Flacco's saying this stuff and Vic's certainly not going to say it. You know, Vic's like, Gangarello runs the offense, I run the defense, but, um, there's definitely, it was noticed. Um, and I think the one thing that you can pin on Gangarello in this one is not going for it on that, uh, you know, that third and five where he decided to, to make it a two play deal against the Colts. It was third and five came on the line. They ran the dive to burn that last time out for Indy and they didn't get any yardage out of it. They had the, the, the plan there. Cause I asked him about it. The plan there was hope that Phil Lindsay gets three yards and then fourth and two, we're going for it. Um, and that didn't work out. So they ended up punting and they said, you know what? 90 yards, no timeouts in less than two minutes. We should be able to stop them. And they did. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Miller makes that sack, you don't want to blame Von Miller for it, but he's got him. That, that changes the whole game. They have no timeouts. It would have been backed up inside their own one. But here, Progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get food. Walk away from food. Move to couch. See human. Give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food. Your pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you. Move to couch. Aggressively clean myself. Take a nap. Meow till I get food. Get coverage get for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy. Terms. We are in any sense Denver's two and six. Uh, I'm curious. Like you brought up the offense and the fact that they, they have two tackles that can't block, and I just wonder how, how long does Garrett Bowles have this job? I mean, he has been, in a word, brutal since being a rookie. I mean, it's not gotten any better. The technique is still bad. It looks like there's no progress. The penalties piling up. I know people in Denver are frustrated. The fans. I mean, how long do you think he still has his job come, I don't know, a month from now, two months from now? Well, by default, yes, because the other tackle that you went out and paid a bunch of money for can't find a way to get on the field, yep. Juwan James. Uh, they paid him a boatload of money, and that guy just isn't interested in playing football. He just wants to cash, cash checks. Um, so <laughs> you got a guard out there, right tackle, Elijah Wilkinson, who's, who's a very serviceable guard. He just he can't play tackle. He's just not athletic enough to do it. Um, and that's the other reason you don't have any depth. Like Garrett Bowles is going to be the starter this year simply because they just don't have anybody. So, uh, Garrett holds as he's known around the league is going to be the guy till the end of the year. Uh, and then, you know, they'll, they'll look for something this off season. The interior of that line for the future is going to be, uh, Dalton Reisner, who's been great, uh, Connor McGovern at center and, and Elijah Wilkinson, a right guard. And then they're hoping they get Jawan James to decide he wants to play football next year. And then they'll get somebody on the, at, the, uh, at the left tackle position in the draft, probably in the first two rounds. Looking at the offensive tackle position around the NFL, Trent Williams' name of the Redskins keeps getting thrown around. He's like the Joe Thomas of the trade deadline, right? Someone's eventually going to trade for him. Why don't the Redskins move off him? The Browns want him. I think the Patriots would, would, would call and ask about him as well. Uh, there's probably another contender or two that would look to add a left tackle why why won't they trade him uh, it's man it's washington i can't explain like 90 percent of the things that they do um my guess is, is that bruce allen is trying to play some magic where he's justifying himself to keep his job after this because uh, he's he's really on the hot seat as well um and so he's trying to to uh hold out and hope somebody just magically gives up more compensation the browns have got a second rounder and a player on the table for him right now um and they've just been reticent to bite. They leaked the, the leak yesterday that they were shopping him came from the Washington side of the house to try to you know leverage that market and get the Browns to come off a first rounder, which I don't think they're going to do given the record. If the if the record were flipped for the Browns right now, I think they'd do it. Um, I, I think if they were a two loss team, they would absolutely do it. But as a two win team, they know they're going to have a decent draft pick, and I just don't see Dorsey giving up that high a draft pick for for Trent Williams, no matter how bad he wants him. 
Yeah, look, you know, just to kind of speak on that real quick, the Redskins, I wrote a piece a couple months ago about how their their internal dysfunction works. And when I talked to a lot of league sources for that, I talked to people who flat out said they couldn't even they didn't know how to get hold of Bruce Allen. Like they didn't have his phone number. They, there was like a firewall in Washington, which is just comical. It's unbelievable. It's unlike any other situation in the NFL. Look, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this, Ben. So, John Elway, everybody knows, look, legendary figure, greatest Bronco of all time, on down the line. Won a Super Bowl as a general manager. Things have not gone well. There's an ownership change there. There's a lot of instability. Do you believe, let's just say the season finishes 4-12, and 12, do you believe that John Elway will be back again next year in the same capacity? Yes. Um, it's, and it's not really an ownership change so much as it is the change of succession. There's just nobody in place. There's no mechanism in place to fire him. Um, I, I think John Elway is going to be here through his contract and then probably, air quotes, retire at that point uh, and try to get a piece of ownership at that point. Brittany Boland will, will be the one that takes over um, ultimately, but she's just now coming back, finishing out her degree, starting with the team and getting her feet wet. So there's just no mechanism. You've got the trust in place. Joe Ellis, Joe Ellis is not going to fire John Elway. So um, there's just no mechanism there. And for John, you know, it's it, it kind of – it stinks because there is some warranted, definite warranted criticism of that guy. You know, there's definitely, he hasn't fixed the offensive line, hasn't been able to identify the quarterback position. And uh, they really didn't have a plan post Peyton Manning. And it's been rough. There are other things about the guy. I mean, he did have the most wins of any general manager over his first six years. Um, and nobody wants to win for the Broncos more than John Elway. I mean, the dude wants to win. I'll tell you a story real quick. John, uh, uh, back when he was playing, he, he bought a brand new pool table. It had the, uh, the team, you know, come over to his house and, and had a party. And uh, Bubby Brister uh, played him on that pool table for the first game and beat him. John took an axe and chopped up the pool table and went and bought a new pool table because he couldn't stand to have a pool table he lost on uh, right <laughs> off the bat in his house. Like, the dude is hyper-competitive and wants to win. So, like, the dude, he wants to win. He's just got to get out there and find the quarterback, fix the offensive line. They need some corner depth, too, uh, to get back to being competitive. But, you know, everybody's chasing the Chiefs right now. So, it's, you know, <laughs> until then, you know, you're, you're just kind of in a bind. Well, hey, Ben, thank you so much for uh... – for joining us for a few minutes. Obviously, look, you're a great follow on Twitter. Everybody should follow you at Albright, two L's, Albright NFL on Twitter uh, for not only Bronco stuff, but all things around the league. And uh, Ben, uh, really appreciate a few minutes, and I look forward to seeing you down in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Absolutely. Good to see you, Jeff. Good to see you, Matt. Here. It's time to place your bets. All right, let's do place your bets here, team which is uh, sponsored by our good friends and partners over at the Action Network as we start with Thursday night football. And, of course, that is the San Francisco 49ers on the road at Arizona. The Niners are a a 9.5-point favorite. The number is 43. A ton of money is going in on San Francisco at 9.5. 83% are betting the Niners. 91% of the dose so far is on San Francisco Jeff, we'll start with you. Who do you like in this one? If I'm betting this game, I'm taking the Cardinals at home on Thursday night. That's a lot of points, man. It's a ton of points. Um, I would not bet this game, but if I did, that's I, I can't. I'm not passing up on a Thursday night on a short week ten points like this. It, that'd be wild to do. I'm not going to buy bet this game. I might find a fun prop just so I keep my mind involved in the game. But I, I'm not. I'm not touching this game. And if I am betting the Cardinals, I would bet the under. On this game, I, I don't think the Cardinals are scoring many points against the Niners. I don't think the Niners are going to have to score a ton of points against the Cardinals. I could see something like, you know, 20, 20 to 10, somewhere in that range, maybe 23 to 10. I think the Niners might actually cover. I agree with Jeff. Like, my first inclination was that's a lot of points, and, and I wouldn't touch this game either, and I won't. But uh, I could see the Niners having 10 sacks in this game. So that that's, that's the only way I see this game being just a complete and utter massacre. Uh-huh. I actually would touch this game, and I would take the under, Matt Verderham. 67% are betting the over here on 43. So always fade the public. And 91% of the money on San Francisco, that means I want to run to the window if it's me, and and I'm betting on the Cardinals to cover that 9.5. So let's go Houston and the Jacksonville Jaguars. This game is in London. Uh, If you're in the central time zone, it starts at 8.30 on Sunday morning. The Texans are a two-point favorite. The number is 47 63% 63% are betting the Texans. 56% of the money is on Houston. Matt Verderham, who you got? Jacksonville. Uh, I think Jacksonville's going to win outright. Look, I, I love what Deshaun Watson's done. I, to me, 
he's in the MVP race. He's been phenomenal. And, and the way they beat the Raiders on Sunday was great. But let's not lose sight of the fact he had to make one of the best plays of the year for them to beat the Raiders at home. They have been a very weird team. They went in Arrowhead. They played That's really true. well. Then they go home. They lose to Kyle Allen. They look awful. They were inches away from losing to Gardner Minshew and company week two at home. So I think Jacksonville is going to win this game. I think Jacksonville is used to this trip to London. They do it every year. Yep. I, I, and, and I think that matters. Minshew, I think, will play well. And I think Watt being out is a huge deal. Look, he's a he's the best player in the defense, so I know I'm stating the obvious. But the thing that people don't think about, guess what? It's a hell of a lot easier now to block Whitney Merciless because you can yeah. just slide protection that way and say he's not beating us. We don't have to worry about anybody on the other side. I like Jacksonville in this game. Even with what playing, I think I take Jacksonville. They, they've made this trip a lot. They've won this game a lot. Uh, they're playing good football now. Low-scoring game. Uh, I like Jacksonville here to cover this game. Another game I love is the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Chargers. The Packers are only a three-point favorite, which is very odd going on the road to a Chargers team which just launched their offensive coordinator after a win, which is pretty damn amazing. Uh, it's a three-point spread. 91% of the money, or rather 91% of the bets are on Green Bay. 95% of the money is on the Packers. So I love the Chargers here, Matt Verderam. Can they cover at yeah. home? Yeah, I'm going to open a vein here on this. Okay, first of all, they're not even at home because it's going to be 90% Packers fans That's in this true. game. Okay, second of all, them firing Ken Wisenhunt, like, look, say whatever you want about Ken Wisenhunt. This idea that now because Anthony and Lynn's involved, they're going to run the ball. They can't block anybody. No. They, I don't care who I don't care right. who the offensive coordinator is. They have Pouncey's out for the year. Okun just came back from a pulmonary embolism and already has a calf injury. They can't block on the right side at all. That team has no ability to move the ball on the ground. And Rivers, as good as he is, is a statue. Okay? This idea that they're somehow going to get going now, the Bears donated that game. If there was one game I'd bet on this week more than any, it would be the Packers by a mile to cover this game. Zedarius and Preston Smith are going to get pressure. Aaron Rodgers is going to sit in a lawn chair against this team because Bakhtiari and Blog are going to handle those outside rushers. Yeah. They have no interior pressure. Rodgers is going to go off. I expect the Packers to win big. Jeff, why is this only a three-point spread? So we've seen this a lot with the Packers this year, right? Where some of these spreads, the Oakland Raiders game, other games they played, you're like, why is this not high enough? Isn't this Vegas telling you that they don't think the Packers are as good as people think? I mean, this would lead me to believe I take the Chargers here, right? Is that Vegas is telling you, like, hey, the, the Packers aren't as good as we think, and the Chargers might be a little bit better than we think. Uh, I love home dogs, especially this last weekend when a bunch of favorites covered. Um, I, I would take, I'd bet the Chargers here. I haven't research this game as much as I as I would like to when I you know taking this bet. But I would take the Chargers. Be very interesting. Well I we're gonna play this tape back next week because Matt Verham just went over the I, top I on was this one. Very emphatic. I, I, I think we'll the Packers see, are going to win this game by double digits. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. The Raiders are at home with the Detroit Lions. Oakland is a two point favorite and uh, not a lot of people betting on those Raiders though. Only twenty eight percent are the the money is forty two percent in Oakland. The number fifty and a half Thirty-five percent are betting the over. Jeff, who do you got? I like the Raiders here. Um, I, I don't really trust the Lions. I, I know offensively the Raiders will bring it every week, right? I feel like we, that's pretty much known now. I mean, they had a couple stumbles here and there, right? I mean, look, the Packers game two weeks ago turned on that stupid car fumble, which you can you can't stop doing for some reason. The offense will be fine. I don't really trust the Lions on the road in Oakland. Like, I, I don't, I don't really, I, I don't at all, right? I mean. It's Oakland's first game at home in what, like seven weeks too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like they're going to be excited to play at home again, and I think Oakland wins this game. I take my Oakland minus the two. Yeah, I am incredibly conflicted on this. Part of me, I agree with everything Jeff said. The other part of me says that when they have played good quarterbacks this year, they have lost, and Stafford is playing very good football. He and is. so I, I, I just wonder in this game, does Stafford just do enough that Detroit finds a way to win? Uh, I if I'm a betting man, I'm staying away. I'm not touching this yeah. game. Yes, I because yes. this game could go a million ways. I could see the Raiders Correct. winning. I I could see the Lions coming out and winning by Don't by ten. So if I had to put money down, I'll take Stafford and the Lions just because I trust a quarterback. But I I really yeah. like. I don't have a strong feeling about this one. Detroit, uh, that that record is 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 not what it should be. But at the end of the day, as you know, Jeff Schwartz, NFL man. 
your record is what your record is. That's really you can't you can go a million different ways, and teams can do that all across the NFL. Here, let's talk Patriots and Ravens. Sunday night football, Baltimore at home. New England trying to stay undefeated, three and a half point favorite. Money's on New England. The betting public is on New England. The number is forty four and a half. Uh, the money on this is uh, apparently basically split on the number. Matt Verderam, New England, three and a half point favorite on the road. I'll be brief. New England, and I take the under. I think the, I don't think it's a blowout. I think it's a fairly close game. Uh, I don't think New England's putting up a ton of points in this game either. But I think it's something where you maybe look at like I don't know twenty to thirteen, somewhere in that range. I think Baltimore hangs in the game. I don't think they can score. They're going to need a special teams play, a defensive play. I don't. Yeah. I, I think otherwise. Uh, the Pats cover, and I do think it's an under. General rule, guys, when you gamble, you either skip the game or you bet on the Patriots. Those are your two options. You don't bet against the Patriots. You just don't do it. I think I would rather pass on this game than, than, than take New England here, but I'm not betting on Baltimore. I'm not betting on a team that's not New England ever again. I haven't done it this year. I bet, I bet them a bunch so far this year. I didn't do it the entire playoffs. I'm a Chiefs fan. I took New England plus three in the NFC Championship game. I'm not stupid. I like to win money, too. Like, don't <laughs> bet against the Patriots. Either pass on the game or bet on New England. I lean pass here, but if I had to put money on it, it would be the Patriots. Fair enough. I like the philosophy, and good good for your wallet, Jeff Schwartz. Right, let's do the Cowboys and the Giants. The New York Giants is Monday night football. The Giants are at home. Dallas, a heavy favorite on the road. They're, they're given seven here, but the money's on – the Cowboys and the – well, actually, the bets are on the Cowboys. 75% of the betting public is betting on Dallas, but only 48% of yeah. the money. So maybe the sharp dough here is going on New York at home. Matt Verderam, what do you got? Fools. Cowboys. Uh, they'll cover – look. The, oh. the, uh, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Listen, I know you got the Giants home in the background, Jeff. But have you seen this team? I don't care. Dude, they, they, Daniel Jones is like Blake Bortles. He's great at covering the end of games. Like they score a ton oh. of points at the end of games. Like, like those, last those turnovers weekend, are coming. Like, like last weekend, <laughs> they just like casually scored at the end of the game to cover. Like that's what that's what they've done all these weeks. Are you telling me if they're down eleven points, fourteen points, they have the ball with three minutes left? Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for them. This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I got to take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Daniel Jones is not going to just go down and score. This is every single week. A, a valid point. I, I, and look, I'm not a betting man. I, I've never made any bones about it. I used to be in college, and now there's a reason I'm not. But I... I am sticking with my. I just think Cowboys have 15 days off for this game. The the, the Giants. Jason Garrett. Like, eh, that that is true. that actually does scare the hell out of me. I, Jason Garrett. <laughs> that is try actually like really kind of stopped me and made me think. Like, yeah, yeah, I might join Jeff on this in backdoor coverage. That is true. The Garrett factor. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really play in that in my mind. That is terrifying. Uh, Giants just while well, uh, seven is is enough to cover. We'll see you on Monday Night Football. You, uh, Jeff, you just put the Cowboys in the Super Bowl, so at least you got to have them winning the game. Time to look forward to our favorite upcoming matchups. All right, let's look ahead, team, uh, as uh, what you're looking forward to as your favorite games of the week. Take the spreads out of it. It's a lot of interesting ones this week, Vikings and the Chiefs, although I don't expect uh, Patrick Mahomes to play. Don't worry about that, Matt Verderam. That's <laughs> all right, buddy. Keep it up on the trade, you're, you're, my apologies. You're, very, you're, you're a popular guy. Jeff, what are you looking forward to most this week? Well, I think I think for me it's it's easily the the Ravens and the and the Patriots game. I mean, look, I I've been banging this drum about the Ravens offense, and this is kind of my time to show everyone if I'm right or wrong in this game. Um, look, Minnesota and, and the Chiefs will be great. I think even if Pat Mahomes doesn't play, but I worry about the Chiefs' run defense in that game. I think the Vikings are going to come in, and and you mentioned the 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 linebackers, Matt. Oh, Jesus. They're gonna, they're going to play they're going to play action those guys to death. It's going to be a slow death. How about this? When's the last time the Chiefs have ever lost four home games and still made the playoffs? I know. it's It's been a while. Look, I actually, if Mahomes plays in that game, and I don't know that he will, but if he does, I'd probably take them because I'll tell you, the, the dirty secret about the Vikings, they can't cover anybody. 
I mean, my God, Case Keenum was just lighting them up before he got hurt. Yeah. So I, I I think the Chiefs could win that game like 34 to 30 or something if Mahomes plays. If he doesn't, I think it's a close game. But look, Dalvin Cook, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. Like he might have 200 total yards in that game. That that game is just going to be. Everybody talks about Thielen and Diggs. Well, Kansas City can do some stuff in the backfield. The problem is you're going to have Anthony Hitchens trying to guard Dalvin Cook. Okay, if he's healthy. Yeah, not not good. So. That game is intriguing. I do think the Chiefs can win the game. I'm not saying they can't win. I just think that, right. that the Minnesota, if Mahomes isn't there, is, is a slight favorite. But I agree. Look, Pat's Ravens to me. That's that's exciting. I'm I'm curious to see how that goes. Uh, if the Ravens win that game, I think Jeff and I might have changed our tune a little bit. But I I suspect Belichick's got something ready and waiting for them on Sunday night. You guys getting up early for Texans and Jaguars? 8:30 from Wembley. I'll be commuting in, listening on the radio. Uh, I'm, I have kids. I'm up at 6.30 in the morning, so yes. <laughs> Who do you like in that game? We said Jags. Where have you Jacksonville. been? Jacksonville. Right. Okay, well, that was with the spread. Okay. All right. Well, Fair Jacksonville's enough. a two-point underdog. We're taking Jacksonville. We're taking them to win. Good knowledge, Vera. Where right. have you been? I, well, I, I just, you know, that was so long ago. That was at least 10 minutes ago. Wait, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. He's still focused on the Bears. Yeah, right? he's still thinking about how Nagy well, took a knee. And speaking of that, as before we, uh, you know, as we wrap on up here, there was a tweet that just came out that Eddie Pinheiro actually prefers the ball on the right hash and not the left hash. And he Who told cares? Him, it's well, 41 yards. Hit it. Well, you could could you get the ball? Can you put, can you, can you set it up for the kicker where he wants to kick it? How hard is that? It's called communication well that's fine but he still needs to hit the cake I, I i think i think communication is important jeff schwartz good to be with you my friend matt verram you as well week nine enjoy the games and thanks to our guest today uh, benjamin albright who uh, joined matt verram as well on the show week nine enjoy your football thanks for listening please like and subscribe and tell a friend about stacking the box and again coming out every tuesday afternoon thanks to benjamin albright for jumping on Matt Verderam, Jeff Schwartz, yours truly, Mark Harmon. We'll see you next week. Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.